Entrepreneur on Fire 832. Hey, Casey, what does Uncle Lily say at the beginning of every show? Entrepreneur on Fire. Are you a patch of good night? It's not good night. It's ig- say ignite. Ignite. Yes. So, are, are you a patch of no, ignite? No, pre- say prepared. Prepare. Pre. Pre. Prepare. Right. Are you a pair to goodnight? You said goodnight again. Why do you say goodnight again? Entrepreneur Fire. Yes. That's a keeper. John Lee Dumas presents EO Fire and FreePodcastCourse.com. Launch your podcast in 15 days and ignite. LegalZoom provides the support you need to form your business. LegalZoom is not a law firm, but can connect you with an independent attorney. Visit LegalZoom.com and enter FIRE in the referral box at checkout for a special discount. Be there for your customers no matter where you are. Go to evoice.com slash FIRE for your 30-day free trial in FIRE Nation. You'll get $5 off your bill every month, but this offer ends January 31st. That's evoice.com slash FIRE. Fire Nation, the countdown has commenced. Johnny Doom is here, and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today, Paul Kushner. Paul, are you prepared to ignite? John, I'm ready to go. Yes. Paul is the co-founder and CEO of Wireless Lifestyle, the largest sprint dealer in the nation with 158 stores across eight states. He is also the co-founder of new startup Phone Medic, which specializes in phone repair for all carriers and phone models. Paul, I've given Fire Nation just a little insight. So tell me more about you personally and then expound upon the biz. I'd love to. Story starts out, uh, it's a, you know, I like to think of it as a great American story is, uh, my family immigrated here, uh, from the Ukraine back in, uh, 19, uh, 1980. So I've lived most of my life, uh, uh, here in the States and, uh, it's been, uh, quite an incredible, uh, incredible journey. It was, uh, give a, give a lot of, uh, props to my parents for coming here with nothing on their back, but a backpack and, uh, uh, made a great living for themselves and gave myself and my brother a great opportunity in this uh, this amazing country. And I uh, eventually ended up uh, here in Kansas City and um, had various a few various jobs. And then uh, one particular day, um, my uh, my brother and I decided that uh, we wanted an opportunity to work for ourselves and uh, came up with a great idea to import uh, accessories from China uh, for cell phones. And uh, started that business, uh, quit my job, and uh, it's um, it's uh, it's a fun story. I actually I got had gotten married just a, a year before that. Um, my wife was uh, was pregnant with our first child, and about uh, uh, two weeks before we had our first child, I uh, decided to quit my job and uh, do the accessory business uh, full time. Perfect timing, like most entrepreneurs. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I always joke because uh, the way we got the business started, we had no money, uh, so we actually took a uh, small loan from my in-laws. Um, and so I always joke that uh, her father must have been uh, so proud that uh, <laughs> married his daughter, uh, got her pregnant, and uh, quit my job uh, two weeks before uh, before we were having the baby and uh, borrowed a, f- a few bucks from him. So uh, a great, uh, great start, but it worked out. 
we uh, we did we had some good early success with that business. We found a niche in the convenience store marketplace, had accessories there, and uh, eventually, before we sold that business in two thousand five. Uh, we had built it up to a few thousand locations across uh, across the country that were uh, uh, merchandising our product, which was great. Uh, but in 2004, uh, just a year before we sold that business, uh, we got this uh, opportunity or had found out about this opportunity that Sprint was launching this new branded program where the stores would look, feel, smell, taste just like a Sprint corporate store uh, but would be uh, a dealer store. For lack of a better term, it's a, a franchise, if you will. And uh, we convinced Sprint to give us uh, give us a shot uh, to open up uh, a store here in Kansas City. And uh, they gave us a shot to open up three. And we opened those up on August 2nd, 2004. And uh, from there, we it worked. And we grew. Uh, we grew rapidly. We went from four stores uh, 10 years ago. We actually just celebrated our 10-year anniversary. Um, and uh, today, as you pointed out in your introduction, we have 150, uh, 58 stores across uh, eight states. Well, Paul, it sounds to me like you've made the most of this opportunity that your parents gave to you. And, you know, I love that. I love when people have that opportunity, they grasp on, they put in a lot of hard work. And there's no doubt there is an incredible amount of hard work behind what you've created now. And you're reaping the benefits for that. So, You've done a great job thus far, Paul, of kind of filling us in of your journey. Of course, we're going to do more of a deep dive into specific stories in a minute here. But first, share a quote and why you chose this. So this quote uh, was very, very easy. I've lived by by this quote for a very long time. It's uh, And it's an oldie but goodie. It's nothing happens in America until someone sells something to someone. Um, and I've tried desperately to figure out where this originated. I know I didn't make it up. Um, and if you Google it, it's, it's incredible. There are so many different people <laughs> trying to take uh, credit for, uh, for this statement. But um, it's a fantastic statement because I, I firmly believe that it impacts every aspect of our lives. It's, it sounds like it's just talking about sales, but it's not. I, I think that the most successful people in this country are great communicators. And I think that so much of sales is about about great communication. And I've interwoven this particular statement into our basic training for our new sales reps uh, whenever they start. And and I do this for two reasons. One, it's important that they understand that this is the fundamental part of their job. But but two, I I also recognize that uh, they may not perceive their sales position here as their final career or to be with a wireless lifestyle uh, long term. And so what I try to express to them is that this is a statement that will carry them forward in any career or life choice that they make forever. And that what they're going to learn basic selling skills and customer interaction. These are skills that regardless of what they decide to do in the future, these are going to be very key skills that they'll be able to take with them. My hope is they'll pay a little more attention in the training class and more importantly that uh, they'll actually learn something very important to them for that'll last them a, a lifetime. Fire Nation, it is incredibly important and valuable to be realistic in every scenario that you're facing. And here's Paul He's just being realistic. He's going to say to himself, you know what? I know that 
my employees may not be saying, all right, you know, I'm going to be here for 40 years, get my gold watch, and uh, that'll be it. Like, he realizes, especially this day and age, and especially with millennials, I mean, a lot of millennials have seven jobs in their 20s. I mean, it's just... It's, it's a reality. And so what is he doing? He's making the most of the situation. And that's all we can do, you know, make the most of it and be realistic. So great, great lesson learned already, Paul. And now let's get down to business. You know, let's talk specifics. You gave us a brush over of your life, which has been very impressive. But now I want you to actually pluck out a couple key stories that we'll find fascinating. And that first story is going to be one of failure, of struggle, of challenge. So, Paul, take us to that moment in time and tell us that story. It's amazing. I think we all know in business there are a lot of failures, and uh, uh, understanding them, learning from them is so, so critical. Um, my biggest one that I that I still talk about today and use it as a lesson to so many young entrepreneurs that I speak to is don't spend it until you have it. Mm. And we encountered that in a pretty significant way in, in uh, 2012. So w- what had happened is uh, like every year prior to that, w- me and my executive team got into our planning session and got 2012 uh, all wrapped up. And well, this would be at the cl- coming close to the end of 2011, got our budget put together. And as always, we allocated a certain amount of funds for growth capital expenditures and so forth. Uh, and it's a pretty sizable amount of our uh, net income. We were in growth mode and uh, we had experienced some pretty uh, extraordinary growth up to that point and we just figured that would never end. We're just going to keep going down that path. Life is good. And w- effectively, we ended up uh, spending the entire budget for the year in the first quarter. And it, why not? It, things were great. We we're gonna. <laughs> nothing could go wrong, and allocated every bit that we had uh, and committed it all. And then, uh, as uh, as business has it, sometimes 2012 turned out to be a very, very difficult year for us. We didn't hit any of our projections. We had a lot of unexpected uh, expenses and a lot of turn of events that were completely unpredictable. And essentially, we blew through all of our cash and found ourselves towards the end of the year in a tough situation. We, we were very low on cash. We put the business in jeopardy uh, with the decisions that we made. Now, fortunately, we survived it and uh, got into 2013 and then spent the whole year rebuilding uh, the, those, uh, those cash reserves for the inevitable uh, hard times that, uh, that always hit. So what we've done since then is we've changed the way that we budget. Um, and now we don't spend beyond our expected earnings over the next three months. Uh, it, it's it's a highly uh, volatile business that we're in. Uh, Retail is tough. Uh, telecommunications is tough. Uh, things go well, things go down. And so while we haven't changed how much of our budget we dedicate towards capital expenditures, we still think this is a great growth business, but we will only spend what we know we're going to make in the next three months because we can predict that pretty decently. What I think is so important for entrepreneurs, Paul, is increasing our runway, is lengthening that time that we can actually be in the game. That's why for entrepreneurs, specifically solopreneurs, it is so important to run lean. I mean, you have got to keep your expenses low. You have got to keep you know, the money that's going out the door, preferably you know, 
lower than the, than the money that's coming in. So you're actually running some kind of a profit, extending that runway out. Or if you're just in that total mode of investing in yourself, as a lot of people are pre-launch, you know, you have to be lean because that runway has to be long because I'm sure you've seen it, Paul. I know I have for sure. But a lot of times entrepreneurs fail, not because their product's wrong or their service is wrong or any number of things, but because they run out of time. They run out of runway. Have you seen that? Absolutely. A lot of uh, a lot of the young entrepreneurs that I'll talk to, that's one of the key things uh, that, that we discuss is uh, give yourself plenty, plenty of leeway. I'm, I'm yet to see uh, any of these businesses go under because of bad ideas. I see a lot of them go under because they run out of cash. Mm. They run out of ability to sustain their lifestyles, um, to sustain their businesses, to get loans. And, uh, and so one of the key things that we took away and that I always share is give yourself plenty of cash in reserve to protect against the downturns. They always come. So, Paul, I want to do a shift now, and I want to focus not on a failure, not on a struggle or an obstacle, but on an epiphany that you've had, an aha moment, a light bulb that's flicked on in that little head of yours. Take us to a moment in time that this has happened. Of course, you've had a lot of aha moments, but which ones have you acted upon, and what one story do you want to tell us right now about that moment? thought long and hard about that question and uh, what uh, what came to me very clearly was 2007. I, I remember sitting at my desk and uh, getting one of my standard uh, reports on the number of employees that we have and the positions um, that everybody's holding and it occurred to me we just crossed over the 100 employee mark. Oof. And that struck me. I, I don't know why it struck me, but it scared me. Uh, suddenly I realized, oh my gosh, this is for real. We have, there's a hundred people that work here that expect to get a paycheck every two weeks. Uh, I got to make sure I'm making the right decisions and that, uh, that, that I do what's right for them and that uh, I don't let them down and their families down. And it was, uh, it was, it was definitely uh, a scary moment for me. And what I started asking myself is, who are we? What are we as a company? How would we describe ourselves? How do I explain to these hundred people that I want them to love this business and love what we do as much as I do? And how do we together make, create a culture where we grow, uh, where we grow together? And it, at that time, it occurred to me, we don't know what we stand for. And so my brother and I uh, went on on a journey to define ourselves. And very simply, we knew that what we were missing was the core of any business. What is our mission statement? What are our core values? And so back in 2007, we framed those with a lot of help. Um, And those two very critical items uh, have been completely ingrained in everything that we do since that time. It's ingrained in our interview process. Uh, I don't think a single communication comes out from this company that doesn't somehow reference either our mission statement or our core values. It's certainly ingrained heavily into our training. So it's become a way of life here. Uh, it's one of the things that I test when I get out into the field to see do our people understand these things and more importantly, are they living them? Do we live up to all uh, all aspects of our mission statement and our core values. 
Fire Nation, when it comes to these aha moments, you know, it's one thing to have these moments and to make these realizations, but it's another thing to come up with a plan of action to put them into focus, into motion, to get that momentum built up. And Paul, what I love you just did was not only show us you had that moment, but guess what? You took that idea, that epiphany, and you actually put it into action. You put a plan in place and you executed. So great takeaways across the board. And Paul, I want you to take us now to a moment in time. What you, Paul Kushner, would consider your proudest entrepreneurial moment. That one was uh, was very easy. It was around 2008 where I think we realized we kind of had a good sized business here, yeah. and uh, things were things were going well. And it's always been in the back of our minds that we wanted to give back to the community. And it was at that time that we realized that we could. We had a lot of resources to give back to the community, not only financially at that point, but also we had this army of people that. Uh, if we did things right with our core values and uh, hired the right kind of people, they're going to want to give back. And so we joined up with Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Kansas City. Um, since that time, we have had such a great partnership with them. Um, we have done so much uh, to give back to them and 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 they have uh, right back to us. Uh, they've been as influential, I think, within our organization as we have within their organization. Um, I've become an extremely passionate about the organization. I sit on their board and uh, do a, have become an ambassador for them. I, I think it's a fantastic organization, and that was easily one of my most proudest moments. Was was knowing that our organization can give back to the community that has given back so much, so much to us. And in line with that, one of the, one of, one of the, another proud moment, I guess, but affiliated with Big Brothers Big Sisters was, uh, we sponsor this big event that they have every year where they bring all their matches together. It's a great event. And I brought my kids to this event. And, uh, when I got up on stage to, uh, address the crowd, and it's a large crowd of about 700 people. And uh, the look on my kids' faces uh, when they saw that their dad was up up there talking had something important to say that everybody wanted to listen to, and that they were a part of giving back to all of these folks in the room. These were all the beneficiaries of Big Brothers Big Sisters. These weren't donors. These were beneficiaries of the organization. Um, and that I wasn't just the goofy dad at home. Suddenly, I am somebody different and uh, somebody that I want that you know things I want them to value as they grow up. Uh, no doubt, those were some very proud moments for me. Paul, it sounds like you would really resonate with this phrase that has actually kind of come up a few times in the last uh, week or so here on Entrepreneur on Fire, and that's from success to significance. You know, you, Paul, you got to success. You were successful. Your business was thriving over 100 employees and growing and more, and now over 158 stores. I mean, you've achieved that success, but then you know, what's that next step? And that next step, hopefully, and for you it was a reality, was significance. And as you can hear, Fire Nation, is that significance that has such an impact in Paul's life. So just some food for thought, just some things to actually ponder, Fire Nation, as you know, you're going about your journey. And speaking of your journey, Paul, let's bring things to present times. Share with Fire Nation the one thing that has you most fired up right now? 
Well, that's easy. Right now uh, is a great time to be a Sprint dealer. There's never been a more exciting time for me than in the last 10 years than it is right now. And that's because Sprint has really come out fighting. Uh, I, I think that Sprint's issues are well documented. Um, and it's been, uh, there's been some times over the last 10 years, it's been tough to be a Sprint <laughs> dealer. Um, but with the changes that have occurred in the last year, the network has improved greatly. New CEO has really come out uh, fighting and uh, has made us relevant again in the industry. And you could see the buzz, feel the buzz out there. Uh, our reps are excited. Uh, the media has gotten more exciting. It just everything feels good about it. And we actually see a lot of potential for the future right now that perhaps was a little tough to see uh, over the last uh, several years. So uh, that and, in a, and, and the organization that we've built, I am so fortunate to have so many incredible people here at this organization, some that have been with us virtually since day one. And we have built a great organization that is ready to go to the next level, that is ready for additional growth and expansion. And now that Sprint looks like it's poised and ready for growth, uh, we're right there and ready to take advantage of it as it comes our way. Yeah, and this is completely unsolicited, but I was just sitting on the couch. It must, it must have been four or five days ago, and Kate and I were watching TV, and a Sprint commercial came on, and I was like, dang, these guys are coming out and getting pretty aggressive here. I mean, the unlimited talk and text and like covering the um, current contracts and all these different things. I actually said, it's time for us to drop Verizon. Like, I'm sick of these bills. Like, let's get over a little bit into Sprint. <laughs> and, you know, I will say this full transparency ball, you know, when we're here in San Diego. Kate looks at me. She's like, what? Sprint has horrible coverage. Now, <laughs> does she really know what kind of coverage Sprint has? No. But like you said, well-documented. Unfortunately, that's the reputation that precedes Sprint at this point, but things are changing. And but you know, I think that's also a valuable lesson, Fire Nation, for you listening. You know, reputation is an important thing because here we have Kate, <clears throat> who would never claim to know anything about cell phone coverage, but that's the, the first words out of her mouth is that, oh yeah, like Verizon is just the red map; they have everything, and you know, Sprint's just like a little bit of yellow here and there. And you know, I mean, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that, Paul? You've hit it right on. Uh, there's no surprise to anybody listening that brand is a critical component to any business. And there is no question that um, our brand has taken some hits uh, over the years and, you know, some rightfully so. Um, but it has, but it is changing and perception takes a long time to turn around. And that is a great lesson because uh, we all as entrepreneurs work so hard to develop our own brands, uh, whether it's our own personal brand or the brand of our organizations. And it doesn't take very much to ruin that. It takes a long, hard time to mm -hmm. build it. But just a few hiccups could break down that brand and it takes a very long time to rebuild that. I, I, I seeing it, seeing it personally with the organization that we're affiliated with. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm just stoked that they're, they're, they're out to fight again. Yes. And, uh, he is, uh, the new CEO of Sprint. He's a street fighter and he's, uh, a well-accomplished entrepreneur himself. I think that's one of the exciting things for me as an entrepreneur is that at the head of one of the largest companies in the country is now a very successful entrepreneur himself. Now we're talking like MMA street fighter or is that just like a metaphor? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's uh, you know, uh, I'll uh, I, I tell you what, he's a he's a big he's a big man. He's, he's a big uh, you wouldn't, Yeah, <laughs> you wouldn't want to get into an MMA fight with him. <laughs> That's great, and you know, a little just kind of side note for Fire Nation. Uh, and randomly, I don't even know how I thought of this, but my very first cell phone company that I signed the dotted line with was back in 1999. I was going off to my sophomore year in college and my mother said, hey, it's time for you to get a cell phone and it was with Sprint. And it was that little tiny Nokia block phone that they had that honestly to this day is still one of my favorite phones. It was just, there was just nothing wrong with it. It was a beast. It was like it never could get damaged and it was small enough to be, uh, anyways, Paul, we are about to enter the lightning round, but before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Why are you an entrepreneur? Perhaps it's because you don't want someone else dictating what ideas you pursue or what projects you work on, or maybe it's the flexibility owning your own business provides. I'm an entrepreneur for the freedom it affords me to do what I'm passionate about whenever and wherever I want, and with the help of the internet and services like eVoice, I can. With a toll-free number, professional voice greeting, and dial-by-name directory, eVoice transforms any phone into my business phone. So when my customers or business partners call, they're automatically sent to wherever I am. Whether I'm out exploring new passions and ideas or in the backyard hanging out, I can still deliver the exceptional and professional service my customers expect. Want to try it for yourself? Go to evoice.com slash fire now to start your 30-day free trial. And Fire Nation, right now, evoice is offering you $5 off your bill every month, but this offer ends January 31st. Stay connected with evoice. Go to evoice.com slash fire. That's evoice.com slash fire. One of the biggest struggles we come across as entrepreneurs is being able to find the personalized attention we need when it comes to making sure our family and our business are legally taken care of so that we can focus our attention on actually helping our business grow. Protecting your family starts with creating a will or living trust. There's no easier way to make sure your family is legally taken care of. And ensuring your business is taken care of starts with taking control of your financial affairs. LegalZoom can help you with both. Proven by the more than 10 years they've been helping millions of people get the personalized attention they need. And if you'd like more help, they can connect you with an independent attorney in most states, but they're not a law firm. This month, you can save even more by entering FIRE in the referral box at checkout. Don't let another year pass you by before getting your life organized. For legal help you can count on for your family or small business, go to LegalZoom.com, promo code FIRE. Paul. Welcome to the lightning round, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Does that sound like a plan? I love it. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? I think it's similar to what holds everybody back, money and fear. But I was very young when I, when I became an entrepreneur, and I think that uh, I was a little naive at the time, and maybe that uh, that really helped me <laughs> yeah. get, get into the game. I didn't know what I was potentially giving up. Uh, but that, that was uh, – it was just – it was fear of failure uh, was the biggest thing, and uh, it's – you, you've got to really, you've got to really take the plunge if you feel passionate about uh, uh, about the business you want to start. Fire Nation. Sometimes ignorance is bliss. Paul, what is the best advice you've ever received? I have been very fortunate. I had a great mentor. His name is Jack Gunyan. Um, he has uh, been a retail guy his entire life. Started many businesses uh, himself. Um, bought them, sold them, ran them. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. And 
what's very relevant to my business uh, is something he told me early on. He knew I wanted to grow, and he said, at every stage of your growth, think of your business double the size that it is today. So every process, every decision that you make, make sure that it survives uh, uh, that it survives double the size of your business. And that has been enormously helpful to us as we've been growing rapidly. And every time we talk about, we may have had 50 stores and every decision we made, will this decision still be right at 100 stores? And it has served us exceptionally well. Think as if. And Paul, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. You know, I know entrepreneurs generally are workaholics, right? And we work a lot of crazy hours, right? And 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 I I'm no different. I think most entrepreneurs are like this. But what what I one of the things that I did is I set Saturday morning aside religiously. That is my time. I am in the office and I am working. I am just catching up. I am thinking. And what I've noticed is is that as I've been doing that. So many of the folks that work in our home office started doing that as well. And uh, it's very productive time. And it's not the full day. Give it a good half a day and go, go spend quality time with the family. But Saturday mornings have been very, very important to me. Do you have an internet resource like Evernote that you can share with our listeners? Well, I'll tell you, my resource is Google, but I thought that was too simple to answer. Um, what I would recommend for anybody that's got employees, and that a, a lot of uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs listening probably do, is SHRM. It is a human resource management website. Now, in my world, I have now I have about nine hundred employees. Um, human resources uh, has become a way of life for me, and um, even though I have a great HR department, I still try to make sure that I keep up with all of the latest HR laws and rules. It's $185 for the year wow. uh, to be a part of this thing. And it's invaluable information. So I would urge anybody with any number of employees to spend a little bit of time on this website. If you could recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be and why? The book that was most influential for me was Jack Welch's Winning. When I read that book, that was really early uh, in my uh, in my career, and it inspired me. It showed me that winning is such a important way of life, not just to say I want to win, but to make that a way of life. And his focus on candor and people management, these are still philosophies I hold true to today. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio, so I teamed up with Audible. And if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audio book for free at eofirebook.com. And Paul, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter is taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? (laughs) <laughs> a lot of things crossed my mind on that, on that one as, uh, as I allowed my imagination to run wild. But, sure. um, but really, you know, I think, I think that what's ingrained in us as entrepreneurs is what I would do for the next seven days is I don't know anybody. I'm going to get to know a lot of people. I'm going to go out, get to know people, and start figuring out what are they missing in their lives because what I want to do is I want to figure out a way to bring that 
uh, to their lives. Uh, don't know exactly what's different about that new world, but whatever it is, whatever it's missing, and I still have all the knowledge of this world, boy, it becomes uh, a lot of fun to figure out what's missing <laughs> and then, and then uh, start figuring out a way that I can bring it to, uh, to everybody's lives. Well, Paul, let's end today on fire with you sharing a parting piece of guidance, the best way we can connect with you, then we'll say goodbye. I think the biggest thing that I would always tell people is do what you say you're going to do. It is always amazing to me how it's such a basic concept and yet so many people fail to deliver on the promises that, that they bring. Certainly a pet peeve for me uh, and I, I strongly urge people to think about that. It's such a basic concept, but an easy one to forget and an easy one not to deliver on. And then you, you, it, it significantly impacts your personal brand. So do what you say you're going to do. Getting a hold of me is simple. It's paul.kushner at wlexpress.com. Uh, or you can visit our, uh, you can visit our website at wirelesslifestyle.net. Fire Nation, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with Paul and JLD today, so keep up the heat and head over to eofire.com. Just type Paul in the search bar. His show notes page will pop right up with his email, website, all these great links he's been giving us. And Paul, thank you for sharing your journey with Fire Nation today, and for that, my friends, we salute you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Is it time to create and present webinars that convert? Visit webinaronfire.com. And in eight days, you'll be doing just that. See you there.